Hello and welcome to Undaunted, where each episode I talk to fellow podcasters from all walks of life to discuss what went well, what went wrong, and what just didn't matter. We'll talk about the good, the bad, many laughs and lessons along the way. I'm Amos, and today I'm joined by SB, aka Stargate Pioneer of the Gunna Geek Network at GunnaGeek.com. SP, how are you doing today? I'm great. It is just a pleasure and an honor to be here today. Undaunted. What a great name for a pod. You scored a great podcast name. How'd you do that? Uh, a lot of Google. A lot of Google. <laughs> Which uh, is, is probably something a lot of us do. When you're starting a new podcast, the first thing you should do is Google and make sure that you can have the URL if you want it. If you don't, that's no big deal. And the next thing to do is to Google whatever the name is in podcast. Go to iTunes and mm. look at that. Go to Google Play Muse. Go go to all the places and just make sure that you're not competing with anybody because even if they pod faded, they might have the digital rights to the name or the URL and you might be in a fight to see which podcast actually gets downloaded. So that's actually uh, a, a, an interesting concept because one... Not only do you have to check, you know, your podcast sources, but also check Twitter. You got to check your your Gmail address to make sure that something recognizable is available to you, because most people don't have, uh, you know, their their individual URL specifically for their podcast when they're starting out. Um, and the Ritual Misery podcast. There's actually another Ritual Misery podcast out there, but I wasn't going to let go, and it was old, so we just went in ahead and did it. Then it's all yours, right? Do you have the URL for that, ritualmisery.com? We do. We do. Well, th- then you've won. Yeah. <laughs> Mind shares is, is, is what it takes. Um, you were on several podcasts. Uh, you want to go down a really quick list and uh, give us the podcast that you, that you currently take part in, and then we'll talk about some of the ones that uh, maybe aren't around anymore? Sure. I'm on five weekly podcasts. I just started up a pod-faded one, too. So it's it's a total of five. So I've got Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is a podcast on the general Marvel universe. I've got Starling Tribune, which is on the CW show Arrow. And Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., by the way, is covering Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but pretty soon I think we're going to get to the last seasons of that. So two TV entertainment-based podcasts. I'm also on the GunnaGeek.com show, which is great because I geek out about space and science stuff on that and just the general geeky weekly news. And the bonus with that one is I don't produce that one. So it's always great to be on a podcast where you're not the producer. You just get to show up and bring the content. <laughs> and I've also got Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Longbox Edition, which is a weekly comic book review of Marvel Comics. That's an outshoot of the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. And that's the one that I recently just started up. And the most important one for hobby podcasters, I have a podcast called Better Podcasting, and I co-host that, that with the Gunna Geek network owner, Steven, and he also produces that one. So I get to show up for that one, too, and just talk hobby podcasting and podcasting in general. So five current shows. Now, you talked about pod fading, and this is one of those terms that I didn't understand until I had a podcast pod fade. Um, when, first of all, how many shows have you had that have pod faded, even if you've brought them back, just the one? Well, two, well, one, see pod fading, it's a very delicate term because you can say you've pod faded when you've actually stopped a show, but pod fading usually happens when you just don't have enough time to keep a show going or your interest wanes and you really haven't closed it off. 
So it's just like dangling out there for your listeners. Like, oh man, I, I really wish this show would come back. Yeah, Amos, how many shows have you been listening to that just stop and you're like, where'd they go? They didn't announce anything. I mm. want some more content. Yeah, have, has that happened to you as a listener? Uh, definitely. There there have been a few. And then also, there's been the ones that have actually come down and run down to the end of the run. Like, hey, we're stopping on this time. We're coming to an end. We're moving on to different projects, whatever else. And... I don't know which one's more hurtful because when you're really involved in a podcast, you know, you, you, you take a bit of an ownership to, as a, as a listener, you take a bit of an ownership to the show succeeding. And when it's not there anymore, it's kind of a personal loss when you're really involved in the podcast. Yeah. The podcast that really got me into podcasting was Galactic Water Cooler. I th- actually, when they first started out, it was called Galactica Water Cooler and it was about the uh, sci-fi show Battlestar Galactica or BSG as we called it and the podcast changed names over the over the course of the time after Battlestar Galactica ended they changed from Galactica water cooler to Galactic water cooler and it was great because it was just the same sci-fi content just with other things outside of BSG and when they pod faded that was interesting when it happened because they didn't tell anybody just one week they were there and the next week they weren't and everybody kept asking forever what happened what happened what happened finally they came out in some private message well not private but personal messages on twitter and said look we've just all moved on to different projects different things and it was great while it was on and we've moved on but that was a year two years later so I swore if I ever started a podcast that I would always tell the fans when it's going to end. And that happened with my first podcast, which was Voices of Defiance. It was on the sci-fi show Defiance, another entertainment show. And as with all TV shows, I haven't met one that doesn't meet this criteria. They all end. So (laughs) the podcast ended with it. And we all agreed, my co-hosts and I agreed that that was what is going to happen. We're just going to step back. We're going to say thank you very much for the ride. This is it. If we start a new project together, we're going to start a new project together. If we don't, we don't. We can go our separate ways. No big deal. And that was our going in position. Hmm. So we made sure at the end of the show that we said, if you hear from us again, it's just because we wanted to get together and talk about if something happens news wise in the show, we'll get back together. But for the most part, this is going to be a pod fade or an ended show. The feed will still be there. I will still keep the episodes up for people that want to listen to it. But the show's over and we received a lot of congratulations or I'm going to miss you guys and that sort of thing. But we all had other projects going at that time. So we just said you can catch like me, you can catch SP on going to and my co-host you could catch at their new website, which I believe is sci-fi boneyard.com. So it was, it was interesting. I mean, I would have preferred to keep podcasting together, but I had, as you can tell, I have so many other projects going on at the same time. Having one slip underneath the rug and go into dormancy was actually a blessing at the time. And it just allowed us to all keep our sanity because of so much going on. Now, you had the wherewithal when you started that to actually say, well, when this ends, we're going to end it this way. Is that something you've done with all of your podcasts? Because I, I got to admit, that's not something I even considered for the first couple of podcasts that I started. When I took over Legends of Shield, I told my co-host, "When this stops being fun, we're done. You know, we're not going to drag this into the mud." And I had the same mindset 
as I did with uh, Voices of Defiance. It was all for fun. It's a hobby. If it stops being fun or if the show ends and we can't think of another thing to do, we'll just park it and have a great time and, and go on. So, yeah, that has been a mindset probably because of that first podcast. I've always gone in with an end game. You know, when this starts being work versus fun, like no fun at all, like I, I'm dragging myself to work every day. It's time to do something else, either quit that show, start a new one or just quit the show and concentrate on what I have. So that's true for all the podcasts. The one right now that I'm scratching my head over is Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Longbox Edition because comics don't end. They, don't. they keep going. <laughs> it's it's, it's and, both an, a, a positive and negative attribute because you got people like me that weren't into, weren't into slash couldn't afford comics when we were little. And now that I'm older and I've got you know the financial means to get into it, I look at 50 years of history like I'm not, I can't. I, I don't. <laughs> I took the rare opportunity when Marvel kind of rebooted their universe with all new, all different, which was a few years ago. Say, okay, this is where I'm going to jump in because, like you, I'm not going to start from the beginning. And for a guy that has minor OCD, that like that's com a completionist, that was a little bit of a stretch. But I'm like, there's just no way I'm going to do it. So if I want to have fun with this, especially since the movies are on, since the mm -hmm. TV shows are great. I might as well just jump in here. There was pluses and minuses to that, but that's where I did. And as long as I was doing that and I knew other people that were interested, it's like, hey, why don't we put a show together and we can just record our reactions and share them with everybody. And for those people that might not be able to buy all the comics but have interested into what might be going on in the Marvel Universe for various reasons and it's been mildly successful actually and i'm lo really looking forward now that i've resurrected it from pod fade to keep it going for a little bit i've got a lot of time to catch up on i didn't just stop and then start months down the road i picked it up from where i stopped so i actually mm. have to catch up and if i think about all the time that i have to catch up with right now which is just nine months maybe it oh. still hurts my head because even if i do two podcasts a week, it's still going to be four and a half months before I get caught up. So right. there is that aspect to it, but it's fun. And as long as everybody's having fun, we'll continue to do it. So that is the one that we're going to have to come up with an end strategy when it starts to be that way. The other thing with that show is it's plug and play with the people that actually contribute. Like I don't actually do any of the comic book reviews. I have other people do that. And I'm like the main host that guides the listener through it mm -hmm. and from that perspective i can take whoever wants to be part of it and if somebody needs to drop off for whatever reasons fine the show can go on the, of course when i lose my last contributor then the podcast is over but right uh now we've talked a lot about why you've done certain podcasts but what, what got you into podcasting to begin with how did you what was your your podcast genesis where did you get introduced to podcasting in, in as a as a media form. Well, I hope you have some popcorn and uh, a good beverage there, Amos, because this story goes way, way back. <laughs> way back when I was a little lad, and we're talking you know, perhaps half a century ago, not going to give away my age or not, but way back then, before there was color TV in the house, there was black and white TV and there was radio. And this was also Ooh, something Tell us that more was, about this radio. Yeah, radio. Had a lot of commercials, had a lot of sports talk, news, and music, rock and roll. 
sort of stuff going on. So I grew up uh, listening to radio, talk radio in the car and in the barn (laughs) on the farm. And I always really enjoyed it. I enjoyed I enjoy music. Don't get me wrong. I'm a musician, play a lot of brass instruments, but I like talk. I like the sports talk back then. And I remember and I don't know what brought this to my memory just a couple of weeks ago, but I remember in my bedroom in the basement of my parents' house. And I my mom for Christmas one year, maybe it was my aunt, gave me one of those radios that you don't actually have to have a battery in it so i hooked that up and i believe there was a wire that went to the ground to act as the antenna or whatever and i was listening to uh, up in minnesota wcco 830 radio which is one of the mega am stations even today and i was listening saturday night they had some sort of uh, audio play on i can't remember for the life of me what that was what the name of it was, but it was a a fictional audio drama. And I I just enjoyed that as well. So growing up with that background, you fast forward until I'm a young adult and I am in the car annoyed at the 26 minutes of commercials every hour on the radio. Even if it is talk, music doesn't matter. I'm like, I want to get the content that I want when I want it. Mm-hmm. So tried satellite radio for a while, which was good at the beginning, by the way, satellite radio, no commercials. You just paid for your subscription. But when that did not meet XM and Sirius Radio's bottom line, then they started bringing commercials in and it didn't talk the specific content that I wanted. I want sci fi. I wanted the specific sort of nerdum and geekdom that just wasn't available back then on the radio really isn't now either. So. When podcasts first came out and iPods first came out, all of a sudden that was something that I wanted because it was new. It was techie. It was small. I was like, I want one. So my wife gave me one for a Valentine's Day present uh, back in 2007. And I immediately started listening to podcasts. One of the first podcasts I found was GWC because I was interested in talking about BSG at the time. It's like, oh, this is such a great show. I want to talk to somebody about it. And Nobody at work. No, none of my friends liked it at the time. Jeez, what friends are they? Didn't like BSG. Come on. <laughs> Not the friends and, you need in your life. Yeah, right. So I really fell in love with podcasting, but I didn't know how to do it. And back then, it's, it wasn't as easy as it is today. We're talking 10 years down the road. So back then, you had to have dedicated musician or broadcast equipment that you converted to record vocal audio and then it was a whole process of finding somewhere to host it and do the rss feed a lot of people did it by hand back then there wasn't power press or media host back then so it was really beyond my means and i was too busy with other sorts of life now fast forward a few years all of a sudden i'm interested in this again i want to share my enjoyment of sci-fi and there were two shows on at the time, Defiance and Continuum. And I would have been fine podcasting on either. Turns out that through asking a few friends, Defiance was the one that won out. So I started with uh, podcasting on Defiance. And fortunately, one of my co-hosts was one of the co-hosts from that GWC podcast. So he actually helped me out a ton. I knew nothing about podcasting and I stumbled on some really great things. Like for me, Lipson Media Hosting. If mm-hmm. I 
Well, it wasn't for him. I would, probably would have made what I consider to be a mistake now and go with something else. I know, Amos, you choose the almost self-hosting option of hosting on archive.org and mm-hmm. creating an RSS feed through PowerPress, I think, yep. which is entirely doable. But he helped me out a lot. He helped me out picking out equipment that was more conducive to podcasting than musicians, which was great. And I just started off from there. So it's a long story. I, I told you, I warned you with the popcorn <laughs> and the beverage. So do you need a refill now? Are you okay? Well, do you need a bathroom break? No, I've still got half a bucket left and uh, I've got an extra water over here. So I'm good there. Um, now, along that, that journey of creating your first podcast and really get into it and everything else, what are some of the downfalls that you came across? Because even, even with a guiding hand, everybody hits that point where they're like, man, I should not have done X. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have chosen a Behringer mixer and I wouldn't have chosen the Behringer <laughs> microphone that I did. Instead, I would have saved some money actually and choose the Audio-Technica ATR 2100. And so that's equipment. And if you're interested in that at all, you can hit me up at betterpodcasting.com. We can talk all about the equipment behind podcasting. Don't want to bore your listener here. They want the real deal. They want the story behind the story, (laughs) which I'll I'll get into here. One of the mistakes was uh, how to deal with the loss of a co-host because I lost a co-host on one of my podcasts and it was a very traumatic time. I even thought of packing up podcasting forever, really, because of the nature of how it happened and uh, what happened. I'm like, oh, how am I going to go on? I can't believe this. But some people pick me up, some friends now, that... Now, was, uh, was they, that was that like loss, like the death of a, of a co-host or was that... Oh, no, just no, no. A, he a, just left the show. A breakup or just disagreement or not time? I mean, I, there was a bunch of things that contributed to it. And I can't point to just one. And it was just, it wasn't meant to be sort of thing. And I'm finding that out with a lot of new podcasters, even ones that are really passionate, is that they just don't realize what the realistic expectations of a podcast is. Like they want more fame and glory and money out of it than is there, or they don't understand how much work it really is. And there's just a bunch of reasons. And in this particular case, it, it was a bunch of reasons. There was work that was involved. There was, um, uh, an expectation management that wasn't really set perfectly. But like I said, uh, some friends that helped set up the show in the first place, they kept it going and it's been a fun podcast ever since we just, as we're recording this less than a week ago, we recorded our finale for the season four of agents of shield. And the ladies, I, co-host that show with two ladies and i legitimately told him it's been a fun ride for the three and a half years that we've been doing it and look forward to another year that would not have been possible had i just thrown in the towel back then so Mm. the lesson there is it doesn't matter if you're dealing with a a co-host issue or technical issues but if you throw in the towel early and you don't rough out the hard times you're going to miss out on some really good times down the road now, in, in your experience, how long can you, how long can, can a starting podcaster, somebody who's just starting right now, look to podcast before he finds some measure of, of actual success? I guess that depends on how they, how they want to measure their own success, right? That's true. Now, on Better Podcasting, like the first episode, we talk about, okay, what's your plan on your podcasting? What goal 
are you trying to satiate for your podcast? Where are you going for the podcast? It's always good to have that in mind when you start. And if you're meeting your goals, whatever that is, as long as they're realistic, you should be fine and just don't expect too much from the show. You asked how long that should be. Really, that really depends. It depends on what your production value is of the show. It depends on how comfortable you are behind the microphone when you start. It depends on what is your topic that you're talking about. If you're talking about a really, really niche topic like uh, pennies that have been squished in those machines, those (laughs) tourism machines, if you talk about that, I don't know how big your audience actually is going to be. I mean, the audience you find is going to be really passionate, but it might be a passionate 12 people instead of a passionate 1,200 people on another topic that you might have. So a lot of it depends on the topic and how you present the podcast as well. So make sure you start the Penny Pressers podcast right away. It's got a... At pennypressers.com. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about yourself? What about your success and... and- how you measure it and where you where do you slide along that? Where, where do you find yourself? Uh, if you were to give yourself a grade, where would it be? It's a great question. And, and, and do you separate this. it? Do you separate it by podcast? Do you separate it by project, by team? Do you have your own personal goals? How, how do you manage? Because you have several podcasts and, and something that, that this is kind of unique to people that I've talked to on this show. You have five active podcasts, not just yeah. one or two. So how do you me- how do you break those apart? And how do you measure? And how do you know which ones are worth your while and which ones aren't? So that's all great questions. I'm going to back up a second and talk about the five podcasts. The only reason why I'm capable of doing five podcasts every week as a hobby podcaster is there is a team around each show to make it happen. If it wasn't for that team, those shows would not continue as a hobby podcaster. As a podcaster advising other hobby podcasters through better podcasting my general rule which is pretty much been true for everybody that i've actually talked to is if you do more than two shows per week you're stretching yourself too thin you're not doing the promotion correctly you're not creating uh, the content as well as it can be believe it or not amos believe it or not you have to spend some time writing show notes coming up with a format doing intro and outro music what's actually Editing the podcast, what? publishing the podcast, you don't have to and then trying to interface with other people that might enjoy it. So promotion. And if uh, you don't have time for that, you're, none of your podcasts are going to be successful. It seems like a lot of work. It is, in fact, a lot of work. <laughs> and again, is the only reason that I'm able to do as many podcasts as I do is, is every single one is a team effort. On the Starling Tribune, Chris does the video work. Michelle does the show notes. I have, it's the one podcast that I started like, I need to reach out for some editing work to outsource some editing because I wasn't the original one that ran that show. I didn't produce it. The Nightwing started the show and he produced it for years. And then finally he wasn't able to do it anymore. So we were at a point where that podcast was either going to pod fade or somebody else was going to have to do it and nobody else was ste- stepping up to do it. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take the hit. I'll do it. And wing was nice enough to transfer the show ownership over to me. Both the actual domain name and the Lipson account was transferred, which you can do by the way, you can mm. transfer both and not at the same time through the different means, but that's a way <laughs> to do it. Uh, legends of shield is possible because Lauren does all of she has all of the great knowledge on that show uh they do the show notes they've started doing 
uh, leading some of the sections on the podcast. And that's the reason that show goes on. The reason I'm able to do better podcasting is because Stephen does all the production work. Now, we actually talk about what we're going to talk about. We collaborate on the show notes and that sort of thing. But when it comes down to releasing the audio file and the video file, that is not me. Yes, I can do it. I don't have time to do it. And that is just acknowledged. But it's also a constant concern that Stephen keeps me in check. He's like, dude, you are doing a lot. And it's like, yes, I know. I know I'm doing a lot, but I love doing better podcasting. Better podcasting is never going to be one of the shows, at least on the first, that I'm like, I can't do this anymore because we're just going to keep doing that until we can't do it anymore. Uh, Gonna Geek, there's another great example of I get to talk about space stuff on that show, which I like space stuff. I'm a rocket scientist. So I'm able to do that because I'm part of the team that puts that all together. So all of these shows are only done because I'm part of a team to do it. And none of them would be successful, however you want to define success, if it wasn't for that team. So I just wanted to point out that out before I started talking about success. Now, you asked about success. And I had never thought of it in terms of either personal success or by podcast success. I've just took it all into pot. My hobby podcasting is one big success or failure bucket and who that would hurt if it was a failure since it's so much time and, and money invested into it. I started podcasting to learn how to do it with voices of defiance. I started that to have fun and I also started it to give back because I had been on the receiving end of some great content for the previous five years. I'm like, you know, it's time for me to give back. And since nobody else is stepping up to do it in the community, which was false, by the way. That's a false statement because plenty of people were doing it. But I wanted to be part of the, the, the community that was giving back to the community. And I successfully did it. If it wasn't for Voices of Defiance, I wouldn't be podcasting today because I wouldn't know how to do it. It would have taken me years to get up to do it. One of the, one of the really big things about podcasting that... I have not mastered yet, nor do I want to, is websites. Websites suck. <laughs> they do. There are some great people out there that are web gurus that can put together a website in 15 minutes and it'll look amazing. I am not one of those people. Hmm. Just can't do it. Even though I can get behind there and do the WordPress and figure out how to do it and just uh, let somebody else worry about that, which is great being part of a network because I can just say I'm part of gunageek.com and Stephen takes care of the website. So. Right. It's right. all great. Uh, that phase of my podcasting ended and I was successful on it when Voices of Defiance ended. When Voices of Defiance ended, though, that really indicated the next phase in my podcasting career, in my hobby, whatever you want to call it. And that's pretty much when better podcasting started. So it was almost a one-for-one swap. Got rid of Voices of Defiance, came up with better podcasting. At the time, that wasn't the plan, but that's how it worked out. The market of podcasting had dramatically changed, even from the time that I started Voices of Defiance until it ended three years later. And it definitely start, it had changed from when podcasting started back in 2004 to, to that time. In, uh, I think it was 2013, late 2013. And we had noticed that more, Stephen and I had noticed that more and more shows would start and they would start with bad audio. They would start with no format. They would start with no really production level for it. And they would get like three, four shows in and they would quit because, oh, this sucks. This is, I, nobody can do this. Well, that's not entirely true, but you have to be taught how to do it. And then also we were noticing some people that wanted to be become part of the Gunna Geek 
network that clearly thought that they were the next Kevin Smith, but were not. <laughs> so what we did is, is we're like, okay, this is what we're looking for in a show that comes on. We're looking for good audio quality. We're looking for decent production value. We're looking for a great topic, some interaction with the listener, or at least very entertaining something that I wouldn't mind downloading and listening to myself if I had the time to do that. Mm -hmm. And we want something that we could possibly even grow beyond that in the future. Some people that were really interested in it and not when we first started better podcasting, we were thinking in terms of people that had like 10 episodes or more underneath their belt and we wanted to make them better, but we quickly realized that some people just wanted to start podcasting as well. So I frame that in a success to say the market had changed also, there was an incredible amount of advice to podcasters about monetizing because that's where the money is behind podcast consulting. I want as a podcast consultant, if I were a podcast consultant, I'd want you to make money so then you could have enough money to pay me for my time and expertise. Right. That is a good business model. I do not fault it whatsoever. But all of the advice out there for podcasters was based on that. You have to make money podcasting. Now, I don't care you make money with your podcast or not i choose not to i know you have a patreon account and you choose to monetize either way works for me or if you have ads whatever but the point is if you don't have a good enough product nobody's going to want to support you or give you ad revenue so you have to make your product good in order for people to want to listen to you whether that's content or sound quality or planning or getting your show out on a routine basis or not, you know, right. podcasting, you don't have to have a weekly show, monthly show, whatever. The lack of a format so we, can be a format. <laughs> right. It, you, you choose what your format is and you go with it and your audience will let you know whether they like it or not. And we wanted to provide an example of what is possible as a hobby podcaster. So we have a very successful video show and a audio show as well. It's really an audio show with a video component to it, video companion. And the video is actually great with overlays and it, it's well edited and produced. And we wanted that to be an example for our hobby podcasters. And most of all, we wanted to have fun. And so that's where I am with all my shows right now. I want to make sure I'm having fun because if I'm not having fun, what's the, what's the point? Because I'm never going to make a zillion dollars with any of these shows. I mean, you're talking about entertainment podcasts, which Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you could go into iTunes right now and probably find a hundred shows on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. will just be one of them. Right. You could go in there and I hundreds or if not thousands of shows talking about the weekly tech and geeky things, which is what Gonna Geek is. You can find dozens of podcasts about podcasting, which is what Better Podcasting is. So that's all good. Only one about hobby podcasting, by the way, and that's Better Podcasting, which is why we chose it. But the idea is to have fun. And, and move on with that. So with, with all of that and discounting downloads, because I'm not going to count downloads because I'm a hobby podcaster and I don't care about monetizing or not. If I was, I would have to have, have at least 500 downloads per podcast before some advertisers will talk to you and more like two or 5,000 downloads per podcast before the major revenue makers will talk to you. Uh, Patreon, you can get that at any time. Uh, Given that construct, I would love, I, I would love to be the striver and give myself an A, but I'm not going to do that <laughs> because I've, I've had trouble along the way, as we were talking about with the co-hosts and just 
keeping some podcasts going, like Legends of Shield Longbox Edition. That sucker was pod faded for about six months. I actually don't know how much. Yeah, about six, seven months. So, so if you're I'll not going to give yourself an A, then where do you feel you can improve? I feel like I can improve on the fact that I have too many shows going on right now. I would love to be able to promote them better. I would love to be able to engage some audience, be a little bit more creative with the content on each show and maybe get some additional guests like with Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm sure we could start getting guests for the creative team for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I just don't have any time to make that possible. Hmm. And nobody stepped up to be the producer of the show to go ahead and, and get that done. So it just hasn't got no, we haven't had a, a good interview on that show in a while because I just haven't had time to do it. We like talking about this stuff. We feel like we're entertaining and some value back on the knowledge that we have, but we just don't have the, the key guests that some of the other podcasts would be. So based on that, I, I would give myself a, at best a B, if not a C, um, you know, B minus C plus area. I'd go that way, but that's me being hard on myself because I'm a perfectionist and would like, love to be the Chris Hardwick and, you know, have all the after talk shows <laughs> talking dead. I can't believe that guy. He's amazing. I've actually met him in person once at uh, San Diego Comic Con back in 2011 and just had a brief word with him on the street after one of his shows. And he's he's an amazing guy. And I give my hats off to him of everything that he's been able to do. But if I really wanted to go in on everything, yeah, that's I, I would want to be somebody like Chris Hardwick that had name recognition that people would automatically go to Nerdist.com to download content on or whatever. But, you know, I'm just doing this for fun. So whoever listens to my podcast, I'm hoping I'm giving a little bit of that fun back to them. Hmm. Now, have you found that as as you're working through things, you know, being a just a, I don't say a guest, but as a as a contributor versus being a producer versus um, being, you know, the, the editor, have you found that each one of those roles defines you separately do you treat each one differently or do you just kind of go at it with the same gumption in all three? Oh, definitely not on the shows that i'm like gonna geek i'm not the producer of that one i will let steven run that show as the main host on that show and i will i'm just along for the ride on legends of shield on the segments that i lead i am the producer on the segments that i'm not i try to keep try to downshift and become more of a, a co-host than a lead host and it's just different roles on each show. Now, the shows that I own and produce behind the scenes, I'm the owner and I produce those shows. And I try to get consensus from my co-host because I don't do a single podcast that's solo. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Longbox Edition is as close as I can get to that, but I have contributors for that. So, yes, I record it alone, but I have other contributors that are recording their segments alone and then I produce them. So it's always a group effort on any of these shows. And because of that, I do slide into different roles. But when you're the producer, you have to make the decisions for you. You actually have to make some hard calls. In some instances, if a co-host isn't working out and you need to move on with your show without that co-host, as the producer, you need to make that determination. If you're starting to make money and you have co-hosts, it is up to you to make those agreements with your co-host to make sure that everybody is in agreement with what is being done with that money. Are you paying the co-hosts? Are you taking all the money? Are you, I mean, what's going on there? I mean, if you have co-hosts and they're part of the podcast, I would assume that you would give them some money eventually if you're making enough because without them, you wouldn't have a show. 
Right. And so you have to come up with those agreements. So everything from show ownership to the who owns the URL to who owns the actual feed, whatever that is, if it's a website with PowerPress or if it's Podbean or Libsyn, all this has to be decided eventually, especially if you make money. And if you're not making money and things fall apart, like you, you lose the one co-host that has your feed. I can't imagine a worse thing because I guess with the URL you can do without it, but with with the actual feed, wherever that is, that's that'd be hard to resurrect. Mm-hmm. You'd pr- basically have to start a new show out of that. So it's management from that perspective, but. If you are bringing creative content to the show, like I do segments on Gonna Geek, I try to make those segments as informative and as entertaining as possible. I mean, I'm talking space stuff, so what kind of funny are you going to get out of that, right? But as long as the listener is okay with it, that's what you got to go with. And it is a different role than if you are the lead host. And there are some cases, by the way, that you can produce a podcast and not be a host at all. So that's another role entirely. I haven't slipped into that role, but I could at some point. That's actually one that I'm doing on Mondays. I do a sports show where I am the producer and the behind-the-scenes director, but I don't actually host the show. My voice is rarely, if ever, heard on the show itself. I'm picturing you. Did you ever see that HBO show, The Newsroom? Mm -hmm. I'm picturing you in that back set with all of the hundreds of buttons and knobs and the the headset and and the different microphones. Talking into the earworms of all the hosts. Is right. that you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's me. I, in, in fact, on the, on this version of the show, what I'm usually doing is, um, similar to when I had you on Ritual Misery, uh, I have the screen brought up to where the, the hosts can see what's going out to the world. And in the other half of the screen, they can actually see what I'm looking up. So they'll be talking about stats and things like that. And I'm, I'm Googling away at the stats, trying to bring up the stats, bring, bring up the truth behind the story. They'll say, well, who is that guy, blah, blah. And as they're going through there, I'm Googling it, trying to figure out exactly who they're talking about, bringing up the picture, bringing up the video that they're mentioning so they can cut to it if they want to. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of me, you know, sitting in the back. Go on three, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, fade to four, you know. <laughs> nice, nice. So it's a sports talk show, right? Yes. So I'm. Now picturing you as the producer that's behind the camera of Mike and Mike on ESPN2. So it's a radio show. It's also a camera show. So you've got all that going on. And then they've got these, I don't know what they are, Surface tablets or iPads or whatever that all have these different mm. uh, notes and, and uh, what do you call them, just sound clips on them and stuff like that. So you're yeah. setting that up for them so they can press it whenever they want to. And then whenever they can't think of the particular stat, you're Googling away. So yep. you can feed them that stat, right? Yeah, I, I am the the the, uh, the team of fifty sitting behind Mike and Mike. I'm I'm them. <laughs> Talking about show breakups, what do you think about Mike and Mike? How that happened? Um, well, see, here's the thing. I never really liked Mike and Mike. <gasps> yeah, I I don't I don't I I have a, an a, I'm adverse to anybody who takes themselves too seriously. And nice. I always thought Mike and Mike both took themselves too seriously. So when 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 that doesn't want to work, when those two don't get along in real life, even though they have this on screen and on air persona that they get along and and you know they can talk sports and everything else, it, it to me it just seems like the natural evolution of that relationship because they both take themselves too seriously. See, 
So what for the uninitiated, you happen to be listening to this and you don't know what's what we're referring to. Mike and Mike, Mike Greenberg, Mike Golick have been the lead ESPN morning news sportscasters, podcasters, whatever, for 18 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a shakeup in the network. ESPN was changing formats, changing hosts around that sort of thing. And it was acknowledged that Mike Greenberg would be leaving the Mike and Mike show for his own show to be broadcast at the same time. Still not sure how that's going to work out, but ESPN is a big enough property that, okay, they'll, they'll, they'll probably have enough listeners for that. And then Mike Golick's son would be coming on, also named Mike, back to the Mike and Mike show so they can still call it Mike and Mike in the morning. <laughs> and that show will be continuing as well. And there's a whole bunch behind the scenes about how that happened, how that didn't happen. But the announcement was it was just terrible how just that happened so completely yeah so yeah. if you're making any major changes with your show with your podcast make sure you're honest with your audience about it because sooner or later they're going to find out about it and how you handle it is how they're going to respect you and your show so now, that's just a little real world example for now you. bring bringing that back into our conversation uh as a hobbyist podcaster as someone who's not into it for the business of it who's not out to make a dollar and not holding you know management over certain things on a on a financial aspect how do you deal with um with problems within the team within you know the different podcast teams that you have going on how do you handle the interpersonal conflicts and how do you handle scheduling conflicts and how how can you be directive with the podcast that you're producing with people that are there voluntarily yeah so that's interesting so have you ever been to a family holiday gathering where everybody gets along for years? Have you ever been part of that? Uh, longest one I've seen is two years in a row. And then it dissolved okay. and nobody came back. <laughs> and have you ever dated someone? Now, I know you're married. Hmm. But before you were married, have you ever dated somebody and just never had a fight? No. That, never. At all. But the, the ones that I did were awkward and they didn't last because they were awkward. And I know you work for a living. You don't podcast full time, although you want to, but you work for a living. And have you ever had a workplace that you had no issues with anybody there? I'm usually the issue because I'm very outspoken. <laughs> <laughs> well said, well said. So my point there is that in any interaction that you're going to have relationship wise, personal wise, with family work wise, there's always going to be some sort of tension or conflict there. After you've been together for a while, you know, you go through this honeymoon pay, phase, maybe a couple of months, maybe a couple of years. And then after that, things start to break down because your bad habits grade on somebody else. Their bad habits are grading on you and you have difference of creative opinion, especially on a podcast. And so it happens. That's my point. It happens. Or even if you're a solo podcast, you're going to have conflict with some of your listeners. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. So how you deal with that is going to define how you're seen both as a co-host and to your audience. Now, a lot of this stuff can happen off mic, off air. They, your audience might have no idea that it's going on. Matter of fact, that's probably for the best that your audience doesn't know what's going on. Keep it off air and keep it personal. Don't, don't drag it into social media. But you have to be honest. You have to talk to each other. If you have something that's bugging you, and, and this could perpetuate for years, you eventually have to tell somebody before it blows up into something that's bigger than it is. 
be tactful. Uh, be conscious of the other person's feelings. They might not even know they're doing it. But as long as you say, well, hey, you know, we have to have this talk. When you say um 50 times during the show, that bugs the crap out of me. Why does it bug the crap out of me? Because I have to edit those 50 times out of the show. That's if you edit, which I advocate doing, but I know that a lot of people do live in one take like you, you guys do on Ritual Misery, which is fine too, yeah. but you have to have good mic presence to do that. But the point is, if you have those relationship issues, even with, if it's a co-host or co-worker relationship issue, you're going to have to find some common ground and figure out how to work together. As long as your passion for the project outweighs whatever your feelings are for the other person, then you can continue to work with them as long as you're able to come to some sort of middle ground. And in order to do that, you have to talk to them. And you can't just go out and accuse them. You have to gently approach the subject in a manner that's not going to offend them because you're trying to work with this person. If you're not trying to work with this person, you just quit or move on or kick them off your podcast or whatever. But if you're trying to work with them, you, you need to treat them like a fellow human being and you have to say, this is what's going on and we need to find a way to work through this or we need to bring it to an end. Because as a hobby podcaster, it doesn't really matter. You can bring the show to an end. Now, your audience might might matter, might care to oh, them. Hopefully and, they do. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, hopefully it does. But you are trying to be transparent to your co-host, but not transparent completely to your audience. Because I'm a big believer in there are some things that you just, it's good to be real with your audience and be the person that you are in, in real life, not be a, a, a fake persona. And even though I go by Stargate Pioneer, that's obviously not my real name. This is my real personality. I'm not faking this personality. So you have to be transparent, but save some stuff. And the stuff that you save, you need to work through. And if you don't work through it, then there's no sense in trying to do a podcast together because then you end up 18 years down the road like Mike and Mike and you end up with this terrible breakup and it's just not good for anybody. So that's the that's the lesson learned there in if you need advice on personal relationships and, and how to deal with other people, ask somebody that you admire that is good with other people and they will tell you how it's done. Now, you brought it back to something that I meant to bring up at the very beginning of the show, and that is the Stargate Pioneer persona or the 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 surname. or uh, Yeah, this is one of those times the, when the... The screen name? The screen name, the pen name, yeah. I understand you, you are an actual, like, real-life rocket scientist. Like, you you know maths that I can't imagine in my head. Um, so, Stargate Pioneer, I can see where the name came from. What went behind the decision to have a name other than your actual name be your online persona? It's a great question. So in the, I went by a different name in other communities before, but I didn't like that persona name. And this stems back to the day where people online went by screen names and they didn't go by their real name. As I was going forward, I wanted to become uh, more peaceful in my name, less militaristic, if you will. And I chose Stargate Pioneer because Pioneer is, is uh, an explorer and willing to search out new ideas to generally you can 
do it with science as well. I mean, Jacques Cousteau, he's a great explorer as well. In Stargate, I'm just a big Stargate fan, so I wanted to flip through the universe and be a pioneer of the universe. So Stargate Pioneer was born. Everybody does call me SP, though, so mm -hmm. I just go by SP. That um, Someday I might not use that anymore, but right now that's what I have to use, so I'm just going to go with it. And quite honestly, at this point in time, it's my name recognition, so everybody knows me as SP or Stargate Pioneer. So I'm going to stick with it, and eventually I will go maybe by another name, or maybe I will slip off into the sunset, and nobody will be able to find me. <laughs> Went through the gate and just never came back. That's right. Um, one of the things that I've been I've been criticized for, I, I say criticized both positively and negatively, um, I have three names that I go by. Of course, my name is Anthony Lemos. I've never made a secret about that, which I probably should have because of my military uh, background and everything else. So I'd be able to say a lot more on the air if I didn't have an, an, my, my name out there where people could trace it back so easily. Um, back in high school, my friends called me Amos. So that's kind of what I go by a lot of times online and everything else. Most of my friends call me Amos. And then, of course, my Twitter handle is Ethan Kane because that's the name that I used when I wrote poetry back in high school. And that was the name of one of my D&D characters and uh, my Vampire the Masquerade character. It's just a name that I use for a, a lot of things. People have asked me why not combine it into one? Why not just drop two of them? And it's a matter of I just I can't. Like those are, those are names that I've used for so long that they all to me mean the same thing. And a lot I don't of, think you could find a Twitter account handle that would be short enough to handle all those names combined into one. <laughs> yeah, I've got Ethan Kane. It's what, came, what I came up with in 2008. I should have probably used you know at Anthony Lemos or something like that. But it, the, all those names have been used for for way too long now. So there's no going back and I'm not going to just jump ship and, and go with something random. So it's just kind of how it is. And I always find it interesting when people use different names. Uh, Tom Merritt uses Ace Detect. Uh, you know, Justin Robbie Young uses Jury, which is just a shortening of his name. Um, and then people like Brian Brushwood just, it's just Schwood. It's just part of his name. I find these, these very interesting, especially when you have people that use their full name, because I know a lot of people that use their full name that's not the actual name. It's a, it's a you know a normal sounding name. It's a bit like John Jacobson, but his name's not John or Jacobson. It's it's you know Terry Miller. Um, and I always, always find that very interesting when people choose a different name, and then your name is one of those that's obviously not your name, but it just kind of fits with your personality and how you you know the, the topics that you discuss. And I I, figured I I couldn't let that slide without saying something about it. Yeah, it's very obvious. It is a, a pen name, as you will, a screen name. It is not my real name, and I've made no secret of that fact, but it is what I go, go through. You know, a lot of public personalities that are in the entertainment industries go by different names. I mean, Tom Cruise, that's, that's not his real name. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he goes by, well, his real name, it was Thomas, but it was Thomas Cruise Map, Mapother, I believe, the fourth. Yeah, this is his real name. So, if you if you search for any great actor, even producers, you'll find fake names. At least uh, once you get into like the eighties and nineties, for sure. Uh, before that, it might actually be their real name. At least if it was recognizable, a real name. So there is such a thing as a screen name that you want to be known as as a online personality and and noted. Because your name is noted. In this particular case, it was just simply 
I wanted to be known as an ideal, and that was the ideal. And I get kidded about it all the time, like star pie. <laughs> the, the jokes abound as to the name, and that's fine. But everybody eventually, they just calls me SP, and, and I can do with, deal with that. That's a, a fine name to go by, SP. So that's what it is. But I would encourage you, if you are podcasting, to use uh, your real name, because eventually you're going to definitely be using your real name. This is an outgrowth of a very old moniker that was on the internet that people went by different names on the internet. Take a look at Facebook right now. I got kicked off of Facebook because Stargate Pioneer wasn't my real name. I'm like, really? Yeah, really. And they do this because they're trying to make money off of knowing who you are and what you do, and then they sell that. Right. So if it's a fake name, they can't sell that because Stargate Pioneer's not going to buy anything. Right. So that's a thing that online you'll find more and more people will want to use their real name. Now, Facebook does legitimately say that is because they want to prevent bullying. Because if you're hiding behind a fake persona, you can bully a lot easier. But as it turns out, people are bullying now with their real names. Of course, it's attributable back to them and then yeah. legal action can be taken as well. So I do get the safety portion of the real name. So I don't really fault Facebook for doing that. I do fault them for not acknowledging it's because they want to sell my data yeah, as it's, well. It's, it's that correlation causation uh, conundrum that that happens. They say it's because yeah. of this. But yeah, and then that might, might be part of it. That's not the That's not the real reason they're going for it. Um, this is the, uh, the the part of the show where I look back and I see all the show notes we've talked about and I, I, I listen to the conversation and, man, we've talked about a lot over the last hour. Is there anything that we've missed, anything that we that you want to express to new or veteran podcasters or just people that are interested in it um, as far as being a listener? If you're new to podcasting or you're thinking about starting a podcast, make sure you have the passion for it because the passion is going to see you through everything. There's going to be a lot of hard times. You're going to get frustrated technically. And if you don't, you are very fortunate indeed because I can think of nobody that I know that's a podcaster that doesn't get frustrated. So your passion for whatever that topic is that you're talking about or your passion to podcast in general is going to see you through all of that. And if you're a longtime podcaster and you're listening to this, think of the passion that you have for your project. And that passion will bring great content out to your audience it's all based on passion, no matter if you're new, if you're old, or if you're thinking about getting back in the game or just starting it. Passion is what is going to make it such a great pot, uh, project. So make sure you're passionate. And if you want a lot of great tips and tricks on hobby podcasting, you can check out the show Better Podcasting, uh, which can be found at betterpodcasting.com, part of the Gunna Geek Network. And there's all sorts of, I, I can't summarize all the 80 plus episodes we have right now in, in the span of like 30 seconds or so, but there's a lot that's out there. Uh, the other thing that we haven't, we've talked about a little bit, but we haven't specifically said is keep your integrity. Keep, make sure that you can honor your word. Make sure that you think of your audience and you don't sell your audience out. Now, this is not me saying not to monetize. This is me saying Think of what you're exposing your audience to. So if you're talking about uh, re overhauling an engine, don't be talking about lawnmowers. I mean, maybe, or grass growing, on the other hand, not lawnmowers. So if, if you're talking about overhauling your son's car engine or in, engine in general, 
nobody's going to care about your grass. They're going to want to talk to you about piston sizes and reboring and seals and camshafts. They're, they don't care what fertilizer you use on your grass. So that's the sort of thing you got to be conscious about what you're exposing your audience to, both in terms of monetization and content. So keep your integrity there. Don't sell them out for $2 for an ad per podcast on something that has nothing to do with what you're talking about. And it's a combination of things right there, but your integrity across the board is necessary to keep your trust with your audience and your audience's trust in you. Man, such good, uh, a, a very nice way to wrap this up, especially being that we just went off topic um, a few times, but it all wrapped up into the same conversation. And uh, this one thing that I like about talking about talking with you, whether it's on Reddit, maybe we've talked or on uh, the Ritual Misery podcast, and of course today on Undaunted, you really have a way of showing the the breadth of the conversation and bring it all back in into uh, one central location. And if you want more of that, cruise on over to Better Podcasting. It's, it's a great podcast um, over in the Good and Geek Network. We've said it like 53 times. If you haven't got it by now, then you're not going to find it. Cruise on by there. It's, it's, a, it's a group of great shows. Um, if you'd like to support this show, you can cruise, cruise on over to RitualMisery.com. And everything that, everything that I do is there. Between Ritual Misery, Undaunted, my old pod-faded shows are still there. If you want a good laugh, the OLCC is still there. You get some good laughs from uh, some comedians in Korea. And uh, a very special thank you to my guest, SP, Stargate Pioneer. Uh, You can be found on Twitter, at Stargate Pioneer. How original. We just talked about uh, not being able to find Twitter names. Um, And, of course, you've been kicked off Facebook, which I, I think that's just hilarious. I... Someone like you, you could have a decent-sized presence on Facebook, and instead you have none. You know what's hilarious to me is somebody disliked me so much on Facebook that they reported me to Facebook in order for Facebook to get So that means that I obviously rubbed somebody the wrong way. So that's a, a lesson for you as well, is whenever you're in social media, be conscious of what you're saying. Now, I didn't intentionally piss off anybody. It wasn't a, an intentional thing, but I obviously must have done it. And that's what happens. So just be kind to people and they will be kind back. (laughs) And with that said, if you'd like to hear me not being kind to people because my Twitter account is just a free for all of whatever thoughts come to mind at Ethan Kane, you can follow the show at undaunted undaunted cast. Uh, Again, you can cruise by ritualmisery.com and uh, see everything that's going on there. Thank you very much to Kevin McLeod for allowing us to use your music. Uh, You can go find more music that you can can use on your podcast in Competech.com. I have a link to that in the show notes, of course. And for me, for SP, and for all the aspiring and veteran podcasters, thank you for joining us on this journey. (laughs) 